Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast, where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about trains! Choo-choo! So, this may seem somewhat of an odd topic to discuss on a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, but I actually feel it's somewhat relevant to bring up. So, we talked a lot about movement in the past, but transportation in general in Dungeons & Dragons is a pretty expansive, complicated topic. And to be honest, we just decided to split that up into various types of transportation. So, uh, today's focus, as I said, will be trains. So, Nathan, do you believe that there should be trains in a D&D? Well, actually, let's not start with that question. Let me rephrase. What is the purpose of a train? Well, the purpose of a train is to basically have a form of transport between um, one to, uh, basically, uh, from for two points, two different locations on a predetermined track. And effectively, what it does is allows you to transport many people at the speed much faster than you could on any other thing since the track is basically um, designated for only your thing. So lots of people faster than other forms of transport. And well, you can bring a lot of cargo as well. There you go. So you you saved it at the end there. I was going to say people would only be a small fraction of the actual uses of trains. So cargo is especially the D&D angle that I find to be of interest. So typically when you see a train go by, it's going to be either the short people train or just those massive, you know, 100 car long cargo trains. But in D&D, there are significant limits to the amount of cargo that can be transported via teleportation. It is inarguable that teleportation is the best form of transportation. Uh, And we will absolutely do an episode just focused on teleportation in the future. But cargo is a lot harder. There is only a very small area that is able to be teleported. So how, in a D&D world, do you deal with mass cargo transportation? And there aren't really that many great answers. So one potential answer could be something like, extra dimensional spaces like a bag of holding but they don't actually hold a significant quantity of material so if you have a large amount of cargo to transport how do you do so and this is also further complicated by the idea of dnd worlds are typically a fuck ton more dangerous than our world just by a lot there is monsters dangerous magic just assholes with magic it's just a dangerous world so if you want there to be these city states for all intents and purposes that are just the what's the phrase used uh points of light in the darkness i believe is how uh the dungeon master's guide puts it so if you have these points of light in the darkness then okay that's great but one place cannot do everything themselves a place can be made self-sufficient yes and that's especially true if you do have advantageous magic accessible as well but one place can't just grow every type of food that exists it can't have access to all the resources that are out there so you need some kind of internationalism 
in order for there to be just that higher standard of living worldwide. So applying that to D&D, though. So now we'll transition back to that original question I asked or tried to ask a minute ago. What is your thought on trains in D&D? So personally, I don't I don't like trains uh, because it ruins my setting because uh, my setting is more focused towards the, you know, uh, swords and magic kind of fantasy, which here's the thing. Despite that, there are certain things within my world that can actually be considered something tangential to trains. For example, the Great Elevator in the city of Dren. It is something that isn't exactly the same as a train. It goes up and down. But in theory, it pretty much does the same thing. Since the path to uh, Undren, which is the Undercity, is a long and arduous one that requires you to travel through many dangerous underground caves. And by that measure, it pretty much does what a train does. It takes a lot of things cargo, people, so on and so forth, up and down the up and down the train system, uh, the, the elevator shaft to be more accurate, and gets it there in a fast and safe way. All right. So I'm just curious for my own sake. Do you think that there are trains in D&D? You mean general D&D? Yeah. Just through the yes. history of D&D, do you think it's ever actually been an official thing? Maybe. I, I think so. I yeah. hope. So it actually is something that back in 3.5, in the Eberron setting, which is official part of 5th edition D&D now, magic trains exist. So they there was a thing called the Lightning Rail, and there are even maps that you can easily find on the internet just showing that there is an entire network of trains that actually did just go across Eberron. And that actually is also appropriate because, as a reminder, that is the setting that artificers are from. That is the setting where magic tinkerers are extraordinarily more prominent than the rest of the Forgotten Realms. So to have that be a thing anywhere, of course, it's Eberron. But that being said, is it something that would fit in your own game? And as is always the case when you are thinking about that more tinkery side of things, that is something that just depends on your own world. But there is actually a little bit of wiggle room. And this is where just physics and mechanics kind of mesh in my brain to think about things. So my understanding, if I am correct, and please do correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan, is your caution about the idea of having a train in your world is the fact that it is that more kind of magical tinker tech that is not quite suited to Riftwake, yes? Exactly. So here's an example of the way the reason why the elevator works in a more traditional, like fancy ass um magical train works is different because the way that the elevator works is it's very much a rudimentary very basic kind of cobbled together system and in any description thus far of the elevator it's been shown to be this monstrosity of sorts that is kind of like polluted uh, ugly and just unpleasant and that's basically the general kind of level of technology we're going for that shows anything to be uh, of complex nature requiring a lot of basically kind tangential not exactly straightforward magic and sort of requiring a lot of runes which makes the entire construction very messy indeed so the point i want to lead into with this kind of indirect questions i'm asking at you yes there are many many ways to do things as i ramble out about a lot but 
to have anything in the world can be high magic or can be less. So I'm actually going to start at the higher magic end for this. So there actually is canonical methods in D&D that an elemental creature can be bound to a ship in order to give it pretty much perpetual motion energy and that these ships are able to fly and just sail infinitely because an elemental is an infinite creature basically like a fire elemental just is on fire it's not something that requires fuel as non-magical fire does i mean that's just part of how elementals in D work so in that situation then Something like that could very easily just get copy-pasted to the idea of a train. And then you'd just have that, okay, you've got a fire elemental that runs the steam engine, and voila, you have motion. Or, going by the actual canonical version, you've got the lightning rail. So, I don't actually know of the mechanics involved in the original lightning rail, but just guessing, honestly, it sounds like it, it would be then a lightning elemental of some kind that would just be bound to the engine and magnetized to then have a mag rail train that is a really just high magic version of it but magnetism is something that just does obviously exist in the real world but considering the fact that in D&D you think of things as magic but you can just apply good old physics to D&D so maybe instead of having there be the normal types of rails that are the limiter on a train, you can just have there be a magnetic type of train, whether that is through something like a bound elemental, or whether that is just through some form of consumable magical resource. So this is now where we're going to transition to the lower magic. And that is, instead of having infinite energy to run the trains, what if it's finite? And that is also something that I find to be the more fun angle, in all honesty, because magic is generally an infinite resource in D&D. It doesn't matter, unless there's an anti-magic field in an area, then a caster will always be able to cast cantrips. There's always some amount of magic working. But if you have some form of magical resource, like arcane shards, as an example, as Riftwake does, then you have a consumable resource that people want. Then that creates that kind of situation of, oh, there's this thing that's very useful and potentially very powerful and also potentially very valuable. And then that would make these trains targets. So it, there's so many things that that can tie up nicely. So like one really fun thing that I have in Riftwing um, that I've not really brought up thus far is that in truth, all magic is relatively finite in a way. So um, any magic that a person is using typically is taken from their own you know, life force. It's just how they express it. And that's how people who are more, more experienced are able to cast more spells because they have better control and so on and so forth. So the big fun thing about the elevator in Riftwake is since it's such a com- like com- relatively complex machine compared to its uh, the other stuff, in Riftway, the to power it, it takes hours, and you just need to dump a whole fuck ton of arcane crystals to get the thing moving, and that's how it works. It's just it gobbles up arcane shards by the thousands to bring more arcane shards up to the surface, and yeah. So then, in Riftwake, all it would take is one inventive dwarf then to just think, "What if we had one of these that went sideways?" Exactly. So, so then you have a more traditional train. So to throw out, so we've talked about just some of the logistical benefits behind the idea of a train. So now let's actually talk more about the actual story 
angle of things. It is a classic trope that there is a train robbery where the there is either an important person on board the train or there's something valuable like, you know, bonds or something that someone's trying to steal. If you have a train with finite resource, especially in a D&D game, this creates an entire new angle of plot lines that you as the DM then have access to. So you can have that classic train robbery, and then you can have PCs on horses trying to catch up to the train to either rob it themselves or to stop a theft from occurring. And besides that, you then have the idea of, oh no, what if someone tries to destroy the rails of the train? Which, again, in uh, any D&D low to high magic world, it would be really easy to do. Then, then there would be guards on the train. So that would also give you the escort mission angle as potential storyline. Okay, so one thing that is quite interesting about trains is essentially think of them as disconnected from um, help because they are while moving between cities, they are miles away from anything that they could get for help. And in that case, they are quite similar to how airplanes are, where whatever happens on the train needs to be dealt with on the train until you can reach a point where you actually can get help. And that creates interesting situations where, well, you can't get reinforcements, so you can't just go to the city guard for help. You need to deal with what's happening on the train right now and right now. And since you have no way to communicate yet, with um, like it's not easy to communicate with people depending on the world even if you can communicate with people it might be difficult to get someone there uh, in sufficient number to help out so when it comes down to it what happens on the train has to be fixed on the train and that's always an interesting an interesting aspect that needs to be dealt with um, specifically because it's a train Indeed. And there is a lot of really good fiction out there that can be used for inspiration just because the train is an enclosed environment. It makes a great setting for just a short story is how I would immediately think. So just have a one shot or something based on, you know, Murder on the Orient Express or have there just be, a, you know, however long you really want it to be. You could even make an entire campaign if you just like the movie Snowpiercer. There are a lot of things out there that are train setting based. So by having that be a thing in D&D, then you're just applying the characters and magic in existence to this enclosed setting. It's the same reason that a lot of people like ship-based, you know, pirate-style games, is that it creates this enclosed setting, which creates a lot of excellent opportunities for character-based interactions with each other. So it gives the DM a reason to have a relatively finite cast of NPCs, and gives player characters just a lot of opportunity to just have interactions among themselves with those NPCs that they like, with any enemy NPCs that they do end up you know, meeting and interacting with. Just there is a lot to be said about the benefits of enclosed space settings. On top of that, um, when it comes to train, the thing is that since it's, since it's more long haul kind of um, travel, it means that the train has different areas within it and there's different places that have different um, uses. So you have a place for eating, you have a place for resting, there's places for recreation. And the thing is that with all this time and this very limited space, it means that you can really, really get down into um, the dirt with what these things are and really explore the kind of things that you can do there. And basically cement the location within the player's minds as something unique. And that's something really huge for me as I'm an inside out kind of DM. And it just adds to words that sort of 
feeling of immersion and fantasy within your world. Well said. You absolutely have a point there. One of the other benefits of such an enclosed setting is that it gives descriptive DMs an excellent opportunity to really explore that limited setting in depth, to adequately describe just the feel, the layout, just all of the details that DMs like you love to explore and show to players that having this smaller space gives you that perfect reason to do so in more detail. Uh, Also, one other point that I probably should have mentioned earlier, just talking about why train good. So the one of the other reasons you mentioned actually yourself earlier, passengers. So I do like focusing on the cargo angle of things because international trade, you know, outside in world building, yada, yada, y'all know the drill by now. But thinking about from the passenger side, there are many, many, many DMs that just hate the travel side of D&D and that they want to focus on the interactions and the like main location points in their world and that the random interactions and random encounters that happen in the middle is the least favorite part of D&D for many, many DMs. Uh, I myself am not included amongst this number, but I'm fairly sure that you could count yourself as one, right, Nathan? I certainly am. So having a train gives a quote-unquote safe method of travel to just quickly say, ah, yes, you know, you get on the train, six days later, you arrive at your destination. And if the players want to do interactions of just chatting with other NPCs on the train to try to make, you know, downtime connections and such, then that gives an excellent opportunity to do that. And just having there be that automatic time of train travel could be an incredibly valuable resource for the sake of downtime for that you know connections training thievery all of the various downtime activities that are listed in the books having that just flat out written just ah yes there is this x time going here to there there is this x time going there to there just having there be automatic downtime could be very useful for the party as a whole not just you know for you as a dm to make the travel easier but it's honestly kind of a win-win to just have that be a thing so i'm curious now that i've gone into a little more of the pros are you still so anti-train for riftwake yes so (sighs) here's the thing one major thing about trains for me that still remains true is that they they change the way that the landscape looks and especially with the way that trains work and would work in ref way is that they would they would guzzle tons of arcane shots which certainly wouldn't be something feasible for long distance travel because all things considered the distance up and down is relatively safe uh, relatively short compared to long distance horizontal travel and on top of that it doesn't have an easy source of arcane shots like the elevator does in Dren. So just to, again, play devil's advocate for a moment, do correct me if I'm wrong once again, but was there not an actual fire elemental in Dren that was used as a fuel source for a forge? So here's the funny thing about elementals in Riftway. So they don't exactly follow the same rules as traditional elementals, so the way they work is when there is enough of a magical concentration of a certain element, an elemental may be formed. And by that measure... Essentially, that's what happened. There was an accident and an elemental was formed. So elementals by themselves are creatures that are created through magical means. And 
hands off if they run out of magical energy at some point. So that may be a very, very long time due to the fact that they, they are created from immense amounts of magical energy of a certain element. They will cease to exist. And that's essentially how they work compared to more traditional uh, elementals. And in which case, if they were to be used in a train of sorts, effectively, the same thing would happen. They would run out of energy and die. Hmm. I did not know any of that. So thank you, Nathan. So one thing that I also just do want to bring up, because obviously I am a high magic loving DM. I mentioned the whole idea of having there be the massive cargo options available for D&D, uh, for train in D&D. But it can also go that much farther. So we did talk a bit in the Bag of Holding episode that I believe that if extra dimensional spaces exist, that there's no reason that you couldn't make a bigger one. So there are those like standard sized like metal cargo containers in our world. It's like the 40 foot long uh, eight by eight or something like that. Just the massive big cargo containers that go on trains and ships and such. So if you do have just D&D cargo transportation, could also make a lot of sense then to have there be a massive extra dimensional space in a container like that. And Remy, then if yes, imagine imagine the destruction if that got destroyed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, to be honest, it's probably not as extreme as you would imagine, just because it is the canonical rule that any extra dimensional space in extra dimensional space items create a ten foot rift into the astral sea. So, even a bigger container, in theory would not exponentially scale the destructive portal creation by rules as written. If you as a DM want to have that trade-off, <laughs> if you as a DM want to have that trade-off be that if you have a larger extra-dimensional space, then it creates a larger rip into the Astral Sea. Do it. But in summary, trains are a very useful thing that exists and there's a reason that they have become such a prominent method of transportation for people and cargo in our world so if you want to import that into D, however is a question of is it something that you stylistically feel suits your world and is it something that you feel would add just convenience or just that extra cool factor for their use Thanks for listening to this episode of Refs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riffwakepodcast. Tier starters lowers a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, only access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, where you'll be able to chat with cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media on Twitter at riffwakepodcast, on Facebook as riffwake, and on Reddit on the subreddit r slash riffwakepodcast. And now, send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffsandrules at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.